When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nile Nine podcast. On this week's podcast, we are going to be looking back at the best of 2018. I'm Nile Nine, and I'm joined by Andrea Cleary. Hello, how are you? Both of us are here and present, and uh, we're ready to talk about the year in music as it has been. Um, and we're going to do that by um, discussing some albums that uh, were released this year, our feelings on them, and uh, some categories as well, just to kind of frame the whole thing. Um, if you are familiar with the website, you'll have seen our top 40 our, our, our top 20 Irish albums and top 40 albums in internationally. Um, they went up this week, so you can check those out in full. So we'll be talking about some of those records on this podcast, I'm sure, but maybe some others as well. Maybe some others. Um, yes, because we're going to be talking about not only albums that we really liked this year, but albums that we were maybe a little bit disappointed by as well. Um, so, you know. Um, something for everyone. Something for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andre, how are you doing? I'm good. I can't believe it's the end of the year. It's not yet. <laughs> no, it's not. But when this podcast goes out, it's yeah, no, it still won't be. No, um, we're close. But we're 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 nearly there. Well, it's really listeners. Close. Like it's and, and we're actually compared to other publications, we're quite late with our lists. Like there there's been albums of the year lists out for three weeks now. Oh yeah, even longer. Some of the yeah. I think like Billboard and. Places like that have had them up for quite a while. Yeah. Any any print publications have been they've been out for a while. Yeah, and they're um, going to have egg on their face when Zayn releases his twenty odd song uh, record later this month. But what if what if like Solange releases that album she promised in yeah. that profile earlier this year? Yeah, she said before the end of the year. I doubt it. But you never know. You never know. What if Drake releases another album? Oh, we can only hope. <laughs> 40 more tracks, Drake, please. <laughs> will, will we start with that? Yeah. Perhaps. Um, yeah, okay. So uh, I would say um, in terms of most overhyped uh, album of the year, mm. my most overhyped album was Drake. Okay. Because of all of the things that surrounded it, less 
than the actual album itself, and that's the that's what hype is. Um, essentially, like Spotify allowed him to take over their entire um playlist strategy mm. and put Drake's a photo on on playlists that he wasn't even in. Yeah. So it just shows you the might of Drake. Um, and he released what a a seventy nine track album. It was Scorpion. ridiculous. Like we we reviewed it here and like the week running up to it when I was listening to it, like, because, you know, when you're reviewing an album, you kind of listen to that almost nonstop for the week or whatever. And it was, I, I couldn't see my way out of it. It, it Honestly, <laughs> it's like, it's my overhyped album of the year, but it's also one of my worst big releases of the year, for sure. It's One of your b- worst big releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's funny because I kind of went back to it. I think... Um, only last week I went back to it when I was doing all my end of year re-listening and I was kind of going at the start I was like oh I'm kind of enjoying this more than I thought it would and really? then I was like oh I'm only at five tracks in. Yeah. <laughs> <That's why>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very bloated like yeah. like bloated doesn't even begin to describe it it's there there's are 20, so much 25 tracks on it 25 and, yeah, um, not quite 70. I'd say it's about um, 18 tracks too long <laughs> tracks too long yeah I know I'd say like uh, there's tracks on there like Emotionless uh, God's Plan um, uh, Elevate I don't mind uh, Summer Games okay Nice for What is great there's a run um, of a few tracks in like the kind of middle of side one um, that was decent and then the rest of it was just awful whining over the same beat over and over and over again and um i haven't gone back to listen to it and i probably never will again mm, but i i felt like that way about a lot of drake albums in the past it was like you pick and choose what you like and then yeah. everything else you can leave and, yeah uh, um i can leave most of drake to be honest like yeah. A, yeah there's there's a record or two that i i might dip into but overall i'm kind of i I don't see if if Drake next year had a big release. I can't see myself being excited about it because I was so disappointed. This I think year. I I went into that one with a lot of expectation because of the More Life playlist, and I'm using air quotes there, mm. um, because I just really liked that album or playlist, whatever you want to call it. It was a release, uh, and I was just felt like it was a bit freeing. Yeah. Um, and there's been a couple of albums released this year that had that kind of feel where they like feel like they were unburdened by expectation or whatever the schematic of a release is you're yeah. just like oh this is just really nice to listen to it's sure. like that's the value of an ep for example is like you can just or a mixtape or something yeah, you can yeah. do something that's a little bit different and a bit off kilter and maybe not uh what everyone expects from an album mm. um so there's been a few of those this year which i'm sure we'll get to um another one of my overhyped albums is a very recent one which is 1975 which we talked around last week yes um there has like continued to be a lot of discussion about the album and not a whole lot about what we were talking about last week that's Um, interesting isn't it Mm. and yeah that's that's one of the ones where it's like it was a late entry it was it's go it has been included on a lot of end of year lists that have been coming out over the past week and i just I'm like, no, like, especially looking back at a year that I thought wasn't that great. But I think in in terms of like smaller releases and indie releases and kind of old favorites coming back, which we'll talk about, um, it it was a really decent year for music. And then to just kind of have them come in with this like very average record and then top loads of lists. I think that's definitely the hype machine. But I think uh, 
sometimes the UK music industry is this biggest worst biggest worst enemy. Yes. Uh, like I said last week, being over there just on the day of release, and you just see so much. The 1975 billboards absolutely everywhere. And mm. something I just completely forgot about because it doesn't happen over here in terms of like you don't see music visibly in the streets. No, we don't. Um, so unless there are like gig announcements or gig um, yeah. on screens. For example. In terms of like posters on the streets and stuff, they're, they're usually but he, Yeah, but not like, like huge billboards. Yeah. We don't get that here. Yeah. Um, so it was a real reminder of this like, oh, these band, this band are being pushed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess that's enough about the 1975. I just, I yeah. think we... Talked around it enough. We talked uh, around it quite a bit. Needless to say, I enjoyed a few songs off it, but it's not for me at all. And yeah. they're problematic uh, lyrics. And you can listen to last week's episode if you want to hear more about that. Yes, um, sure can. Uh, what about a, a, a positive category? <laughs> well, how did you think? You you said it was. You think it was a good year for music this year. I think it was an okay year. Yeah, I think. <laughs> For albums, I, I mean, think compared good to good year for music, not a great year for albums. Yeah, yeah. Like wh- when I think about what a good year for music, uh, like what experiences I've had, you know, putting together end of year lists, it's been a lot easier for me this year to identify the music that I like. And I, I don't know if that means that there's like, I think that there is less music out there that I've enjoyed but that doesn't detract from how much I enjoyed it. So I think there was really amazing stuff made this year, especially in this country. But overall, um, it kind of, there was a lot to be, mm, there was a lot that I probably won't bring with me into 2019. Um, and, the, and the things that I will, will definitely kind of sustain me throughout 2019 as yeah. well. When I look at some of the albums that are on my list this year, a lot of those artists have released better albums in the past. Yeah, that's true. That's just occurred to me. But it is, not to say they're bad albums in any way, but there are certainly albums on on my list that um, have, the artists have made a better album Mm. or bigger impact. Um, So when we try, like, what was your best pop album this year? So for me, I didn't get a whole lot out of pop music this year. Um, pop compar- music isn't really normally an album's game anyway, but... No, no, but I mean, there's 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 been very good albums of the past few years in pop, but this year, I don't know, not so much. So my my favourite pop album this year was Mitski's Be The Cowboy. Um, See, I don't think that's a pop album. No? I don't know if that qualifies for me. In um, what way? How is it a pop album, Tammy? I I think I think it's good pop music. I think that mo- most, if not all, of the songs could be released. And to me, a like, pop album is something that's played on the radio and something that you could sure. play a song from. I get, yeah, I get, like like the Troy Sivan album had a lot of um, plaudits this year. Mm. The Ariana Grande album had a lot of um, plaudits this year. Yeah, but I I wasn't really. Yeah, I suppose I, I suppose I mean M- M- Mitski's album has tracks that are pop songs on it though. Like nobody is a incredible pop song. Brilliant. Um, like there's there's plenty on it there that's accessible to people and definitely hit home with a lot of people. Um, and I know that her her gig went down really well this year as well. But that was like when when we were kind of talking about our categories. I think that the Mitski album was the big one that I kind of thought of for pop um, it was that or Robin but the more I kind of the more I think about the Robin album the less I'm sort of willing to 
like stay in its corner. That's one of the ones where mm, where, where it's like better um, albums have been released by this artist, you know. Okay, well, I want to first of all just about the Mitski point is that was an album I just didn't get yeah. this year, and mm-hmm. even this morning I went to listen to it again just to give it. Just as, I'm trying to figure out what I'm missing, and I mm-hmm. just um, I don't relate to it. I can't. I feel like her delivery is very cold on it, and I can't relate to it oh. much. Um. And I feel like I've heard albums in that vein done better. Okay. That's, That's how I feel about it. You, I just can't understand the wild acclaim it's getting. Mm, I adore it. I absolutely love help it. Me, help me understand why you um, think it's I guess it struck was a chord with so many people. Well, f- for me personally, I didn't know Mitski before this year. And... I think it it was a really good kind of gateway into the rest of her music, which I loved. I think it's the best album she's made so far. And I think that there are songs on it that are almost completely perfect pop tunes, but they have like an edge to them. And I, I don't know another album released this year that sounds like it. It's so... She's so confident in what she's discussing. And it's also, you know, that really that really nice thing of being universal and easy to connect with lyrically, but also being um incredibly personal to her. And you can kind of really get a sense that she means every word that she's singing. She also See, re- I don't feel that. No. I don't feel that her vocal delivery gets me into her mind at all. I mm. feel like there's still a sheet of glass in front of myself and herself. And, yeah. and I was thinking about this in the context of, look, this is just my opinion of it, but um, in the context of, I know I heard that her live show is very intense. And I was wondering if that had any factor in how people felt about the album. Because Well, I didn't see her live show this no, year. No, you didn't. No. no. Um, but it and just, I still love the album. Yeah. Mm. But it might be just one of those ones where it's just like it's not for me. Well, you know, it's just been getting it's been getting quite a lot of uh, attention at mm. the end of the year. So that was just an interesting thing to notice for me. I was like, oh, I just don't understand that one at all. Mm. Um, and with the Robin album, um, that's an interesting point. Um, I think I've actually actually like it more than I even, than I did originally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my number tenth album of the year, if that means anything to you. Mm. <laughs> but what what that means essentially is that I did listen to it a lot. And I have gone back to it and I really feel like it is something that um, does really reflect what she is as an artist. And certainly it's a different kind of album from yeah. Robin than you might have expected. But I think it's really good as part I of I think that. for me with, with Robin is that I, I, I like it as a record that she's put out. I like the statement that it made and I like what it means as an album for her as an artist. But... I, I can't pick any song out of it that I want to put on like my best of the year or anything. It, it, like not, not, not even not even missing you or honey the, or uh, I mean yeah uh, no, never again right. never again is another one. I think honey would be up there sure, but there's a lot on it that where I I'm just sort of waiting to get to the next song that I like as opposed to I can't wait for the next song to start because I like the next one a lot, which is what I do get with Mitski. Right. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Um, my thing, I guess 
with Robin as well, the song, the album is a lot about grief and is a lot about losing somebody. And I really understand that much more now in terms of having listened to it for a longer time. Yeah. Um, and I really, I really like the way that the album goes from, um, you know, the thing that Robin does really well is like almost flights of fancy in terms of how you deal with something, mm. you know, like dancing on my own as an example in her past career, like a song or call your girlfriend is a great example. Mm. It's like, call your girlfriend's you know, my favorite. It's Robin such song. a bizarre thing to do, you know, it's such a yeah. like funny, like subject for a song in lots of ways. It's yeah. like, it's so, but it um, punches you in the heart. That yeah, song. But like it's, it's so it's, like, it, it goes to places that you're just like, Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like call your girlfriend and you know, she'll get over it. It's all, all that yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, where this one, this album is much more about bigger topics and weightier things in lots of ways. But mm. I love that it, it kind of finishes on this high, but this, delusional high uh, never again mm. which is just her saying I'm never going to be heartbroken ever again and all this kind of stuff yeah. and you're like fair play to you yeah, you're, you're Robin you're, yeah. it's probably not going to happen in that way yeah. um, you know that's what she's traded in over the years and I kind of like that it ends on that delusional stuff um, and I guess in the middle of the album it does kind of go in ways that maybe it loses its way a little bit um, in terms of you know it's kind of some of those songs in the middle feel a bit lightweight. Yeah, I feel like there's not, there's not, it's not exactly like the most cohesive album as like an exploration of one topic, but the parts of the album where she does address grief and where she does address kind of, you know, pulling yourself back up and positivity are great. But if I'm talking about the album as a whole, it might, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's it's not as good as kind of previous records, I guess, is, is okay. an important thing. Yeah. Well, we'll leave Robin to her. Um, uh, I'm still uh, going to go see her like in Berlin, probably. <laughs> I still oh, love yeah. her. Um, I've but, been considering yeah. doing that. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd like to see her again. I was watching her SNL performances from the original time she was on it. And yeah. They're just mad. They're so good. Oh, she's insane. Like she's the, so good. The length she goes to perform are, are pretty insane. Uh, in terms of um, hip hop this year, how did you feel about hip hop? What was your favorite hip hop album of the year? Hip hop this year was interesting because we're moving now. It's not it's not a new thing anymore that hip hop is pop music. It's just sort of a given now. Yeah. So it's it's hard to pick, you know, best hip hop album without crossing over into best pop album. Um, but for me, it is a toss up between your album of the year, which is the Black Panther soundtrack and uh kids see ghosts oh okay they're yeah. my two very good um yeah the black panther soundtrack was a surprising one for me and i even felt weird about putting at number one because of the nature of it mm. you know it's essentially but i justified it to myself i i, I will say i found, found it weird that i have not seen it on any other lists anywhere um, i find that strange too like it's a kendrick lamar executive produced album um that's inspired by the film and uses some of the film's uh, tapestry and yeah I, I even feel we're calling it like a soundtrack it's not a soundtrack like it's not it's, it's not on like it's it, like music inspired by the film is that like bullshit marketing term that they yeah. use to like oh these songs aren't in the film but they're inspired by it yeah but this genuinely does feel inspired by it because there are like the Wakandan like tribal singers and all that kind of stuff mm. and the percussionists they are in the album there's stuff from the album and the idea of black identity and 
African identity and using um, South African singers and rappers in the music alongside Americans is totally um, suited to the album's well, he's, themes. He's always or done the films themes. Yeah, he's always done that so well. He's he's always had a really um, interesting way of approaching the relationship between like African American people and Africa, and you know, kind of themes of you know roots and. I think that this album did. Did you like the film? Uh, I yeah, for what it was, I enjoyed the film. You know, yeah, like it's it was just one of those. It's nice to see a different perspective in a kind of superhero movie. Yeah, and um, different cultures being represented. And I guess that was the biggest thing about it. I don't think it was the best film ever made. Yeah, and um, best superhero film I've ever seen. But it was mm. really enjoyable. Um, and it is one of those big films. So for this album to be released, that's kind of totally. Uh, goes beyond what it needs to do mm. to to be a release is just an indication of to me like the kind of respect for craft that Kendrick Lamar sometimes has yes. but he doesn't always have. Not always. He, I was just about to say that he it would have been very easy for him to approach this the way he does with some of his kind of questionable guest verses. Uh, guest verses. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he, he could have released anything with this. Yeah, you know? totally. He could have done anything, but yeah. he didn't. And He could have just put his name on it and he didn't. And I think that there is a lot more value to be gained from, in, like in my, like I, I did really like the film for the reasons that you said, but not for it being a brilliant film. It, yeah. it was more to do with representation and just kind of a, a refreshing, uh, like something to, to see that we don't usually see, which was nice. But like, if, if you take Black Panther out of the title of this album, it's, it's, it's just a brilliant. Yeah. It's something you can enjoy without having seen the film. Completely. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have like dialogue from the film. It does have, no. like I said, it does have some singing and some, some tribal drums and stuff from the album, but they just add, add a bit of like otherworldly texture to it. Almost. Yeah. And, that's what's and really it's nice not, about it. it's not necessarily referencing the film as like, it, it's actually kind of, it's, the film and the album are referencing the same thing that exists outside the world. Yeah. So you don't, you, you don't need to go to like the themes via the film. You can just listen to the album. And like, another thing I should say about the album, although it's not strictly album based, but you know, the videos that they made yeah. for this album for like King's Dead and uh, All the Stars. And what was the other one that was really, really good? Um, can't remember right now. Um, But the King's Dead video is so amazing. It's mm. like, you know, they didn't have to go and do these things. And I just really admire that uh, a mainstream movie soundtrack, I'm using the air quotes again, um, is goes to those lengths and makes really stunning, like amazing collaborative art. And yeah. that's, that's like the best thing you could ask for if you were releasing something like this. For sure. You know, um, I just think it was really, really amazing. And uh, it's something I just kept coming back to. And I did, honestly, I think there's only one bad song on it. Yeah. Uh, in well just one interlude so that doesn't count so 12 songs one okay song and that's it um, and that's the the weekends one that's the only one I, and it's fine yeah. it's fine it's kind of like a it's totally suitable like closing number yeah. on an album kind it's, of curtain it's closer. definitely the worst song on the album yeah. though yeah um, but yeah that's the Black Panther soundtrack a, a surprising like most listened to uh, album I keep coming back to 
um this year um what else are we talking oh yeah so hip-hop stuff cardi b's invasion of privacy um i wouldn't say i'm mad on the whole thing but i really like her and i really like what she brought to 2018 yeah um and she did it while being pregnant and um uh, having a kid and being just fucking mad yeah mad, mad cool and mad interesting and like funny yeah and uh making some really cool bangers <laughs> like, yeah drip that song is one of those songs i i just put on a lot <laughs> i think this is going to be a year where we like when when you look back at this year cardi b is going to be a really big part of 2018's kind of cultural identity um especially in terms of hip-hop and especially in terms of like women in music um being able to kind of properly make it like absolutely shoot through the stratosphere um from really quite humble beginnings um and yeah she's she's absolutely bonkers um whenever i see a new story about her i'm like oh god please <laughs> don't be awful please just be fine she's not like she's she's problematic um to use that word again. To use that word word again. Like she's not entire like she's <laughs> Do you think she's problematic? What's the problem? Uh oh, she's she's in the past said some um pretty like I I think oh I don't wanna like libel myself or anything, but I'm nearly certain that in the past she said some really transphobic stuff and um just kind of had a lack lack of awareness that she has like that that she is now influential and I don't know. I I don't know if 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 it's a case of like stuff being brought up from her past where she right. mightn't have had the right language to talk about things, but there's there's a problematic element to her that I'm just aware of while I'm listening to her, but mm, I to, heard to our discussion last week, it doesn't necessarily detract from my enjoyment of her music and just her as like a as a pop star. Yeah. Um I think I think she's as as a pop star, she's just what we need. She's like a palate cleanser. It's just like this. Here, here we haven't had anything like her. Like the closest yeah. we've had is Azealia Banks, but she's she's kind of shot in the other direction now, where she's just like <laughs> no one knows what on earth she's doing <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, so if Cardi B keeps her head in her shoulders and you know keeps keeps her head in the game, keeps making good tunes, I think she's going to be like. 2019 is going to be another massive year for her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other albums in term in the rap genre I enjoyed this year. I actually did enjoy Astro World, Travis Scott's album, but oh, I think overall it suffered from just too much. There okay, was, there's a lot going on, but it did make Sicko Mode, which was Drake's best song mm. of this year for sure. <laughs> like Drake's best song is Sicko Mode um, of 2018. Funny enough, even though he had 25 cracks at it elsewhere. Um, the Vince Staples uh, 22 minute album FM um, was a really interesting, uh, cool, again, proving that Vince Staples is one of the best rappers around. Yeah. Um, and I think that album suffered a little bit from a lack of cohesion and direction but you think but him on it like as an album I wasn't you know bowled over again I think he's done better work in the past but his actual you know like his verses on it like he's he's absolutely unbelievable yeah. you know and it's, it's I think one of it, was, those... it wasn't intended to be like a huge big release from him no, no. And it was, that's why it was surprise released at the start of November so 
in that context, like it really shouldn't be that good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. And uh, another album I listened to this year, and I, I, it was a new discovery for me, was No Name from Chicago. Uh, and her yes. album, Room 25. Just beautiful record. Really, really cool artist. Never really listened to her before. Um, I think we missed. I'm changing my mind. The No Name record is actually my favorite rap album of the year. <laughs> yeah. There we go, live on air. Um, we yeah, it's just so beautiful. She, I love her style. I love the way that she has this like spoken word background that really comes through in her music. Uh, the music is beautiful. It's definitely inspired by um, Chance the Rapper and all of his like gospel rap kind of style. Yeah. Um, but a really good jazzy live band are playing her music and. Uh, uh, she's just an absolute joy like she yeah. really is it's one of those like yes i want this person to succeed because yeah. they're doing everything on their own terms and yeah. they're really good at it they're yeah. really good yeah um so that was an album that was surprised me this year i think we missed i think i missed her play here by about three weeks oh she she i think she played here like just a few weeks before the album came out or something like oh, that oh no um, I think I did you it. listen to her first record no i haven't listened to it yet it's amazing it's absolutely you if 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 you like room 25 you'll love this the first my record. christmas list my christmas uh, yeah your christmas listening definitely go back and listen to her first record and watch her um what's that lovely youtube channel where they're all in the small room tiny desk concert um definitely oh, yeah. d- definitely go back and that's watch really, that that's really yeah, that's really good yeah, it's yeah. really really good there was a lot of good uh, tiny desk concerts this year actually yeah um, that's a different list <laughs> that, yeah that'll be for another, another time um so i guess we can't really talk about hip hop without uh the um maga hatted elephant in the room oh is <laughs> Oh, here we he had, come. <laughs> we had five albums from uh, Kanye West this year in five weeks. Uh, five oh Kanye West produced albums. There was Kidsy Ghost, Pusha T, um, Tiana Taylor, um, Kanye's own one, and Nas as well. Yeah. Um, so out of those five, what holds up for you? Kidsy Ghost. Like... Give me a top. Hands. Give me a top five in that one because uh, we know we talked in, about like, this on the podcast. Rank them. Yeah, why not? All right, on the spot. I like them all for different reasons, but it will probably be like my personal list would be Kidsy Ghosts, Yay, Tiana Taylor, um, Pusha T, Nas. Right, I think mine would be Pusha T, Kidsy Ghosts, um, Tiana Taylor, Kanye, then Nas. Nas bottom for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a good record. No, um, no. A couple of good songs out of it. Where, where did you put Again, Yay as your third? My fourth. Your fourth. Yeah, I think I, I do really enjoy, I do, I, I enjoyed the process of listening to it because it was just so different and strange. In it a, was in a moment, I think, this year. Yeah, but I don't know dropped. if I want to go back to it an awful lot. And mm. there are definitely production on that album I enjoy, but I think the lyrics kind of, Mm. put me off a lot of the times I think for me like that's that's my second because it's the album that it's not I'm not necessarily saying I I think it's like the best of the five but it's the one that when it was released I was so in it I just lived in that album for the week or whatever until the next one was released and like when I think back to summer 2018 it's going to be like 
meeting up with my friends, talking about that record, having arguments with people about like, you know, you know, people saying, oh, it's rubbish. And the first song on it is offensive and blah, blah, blah. blah. And just having those like really big discussions. And for me, like a, a big release like that, that's what it should be about. It should be yeah. about that's the only thing you're talking about in the pub or in the beer garden or whatever, you know. It was certainly the album that everyone wanted your opinion on and yeah. what you thought of it and uh, a lot of discussion around it, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we got a whole um, podcast episode yeah, out of it. <laughs> Go back and listen to that. Um, and in terms of then, uh, like what I liked about all those albums as well, they were all very short. Yes, seven tracks. They were, um, and there was a few of those albums this year, other than Drake, uh, like the Vince Staples ones I mentioned, uh, and my next record, which is kind of comes under a couple of different categories. It comes under like we talked about the concept or the concept of concept albums, mm-hmm. um, concept albums making a return in some ways without being like the traditional idea of well, you have to play a character and be all this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So Kojak's Delhi Daydreams. Yeah. Um, a short eight track seven track eight track album i think one of the tracks is like just a spoken word yes outro yeah. kind of thing um is my favorite irish album of the year um and it counts as an album according to the choice music prize this this yeah week, it's all that, changed yeah. their rules yeah to allow the album to be in which is an interesting one so that very must mean, interesting knowing what i know about the choice is that right about now they are probably putting in their uh, results if they haven't already, mm. their top 10s. So mm. 10 judges are now putting in. So that could have been a direct, Call direct it now. result. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Uh, I would say, <laughs> right now, um, I would say Kojak has a really good chance. I yeah. also say St. Sister has a really good chance okay. as well. Um, My money is on Villagers. Villagers too late. Um, too late release. No, no, no. I okay. think it's this year. It's, it's, oh, as long as it's, it's about, yeah. yeah uh, my money will be on Villagers, but I think Kojak is in with a really good chance. I loved Kojak's rec- record. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you haven't heard it, it, it's a concept record about a Delhi worker. Yeah. And um, it has like a, a fake center sticker on the front of the album. It's just um, so good. And I just remember from him being around a couple of years ago and him like bubbling under the transformation from where he's gone, where he started to where he's gone is so impressive because music doesn't just live on its own as audio anymore in, in our world. It's, mm. it's also a video and Kevin Smith, who is Kojak is well-versed in making uh, videos. He, really compelling. He's a filmmaker yeah. as well. And my God, the videos that they released this year were just fantastic and uh, really set the scene for the, the Delhi Daydreams idea. Yeah. Um, but also didn't at the same time. There were there was a, a, the video for Date Night, which isn't on the album, um, which is just one of the best Irish music videos I've seen in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the album is just a really solid, um, vulnerable um, honest, like kind of almost angry sometimes, mm. um, but funny at times yeah, as well. It's like, funny. It's it's kind of it, like it. Well, I guess what we talked about last week about the idea of people taking on characters and embodying something like there's part of that where he's like, you know, starting fights mm. with people, mm. and you feel like because of the vulnerable side of the album, um, that you know he's showing you maybe a side that he has had in in real life, but maybe not. It could yeah. be, it's like the frustration of being a deli worker. And yeah. All that comes with it. And like, um, it deals a lot with like things that we, well, I, I haven't really heard about in Irish music and in, in like 
anywhere else this year, like issues of classism and just kind of just struggling, just like the, the, the fact that there are so many Irish people now who are just stuck and struggling. They can't seem to get like their feet off the ground, whether it's a project or whatever it might be. And I think that's what kind of hit home with me so much is that, is that idea of exploring through the, through the kind of a week in the life of a deli worker, just seeing all of the different facets of what Dublin city is like it's funny it's scary it's got fights in it it's also like great crack it's you taking you too, also too, taking too many drugs yeah and, taking um, too many drugs dealing with like asshole guards who are like profiling you like there's just there's so much there that when you listen to it as a dubliner or as somebody who lives in dublin there's there's there isn't a moment on the album that you can't relate to i think like what i really like about it is that like i keep coming back to the fact that he shows some vulnerability and he shows different sides in that as well Mm. and he makes it feel very normalized as well which is the way it should be Mm. you know like especially with hip-hop in this country oftentimes it's about you know, um, aping somebody else or like channeling somebody else or channeling another uh, style. Yeah. And I really feel like he's hit a place that you feel like is his authentic artistic self. Yeah. And his creative self that he's trying to actually express and he's not trying to put anything on. He's not putting on an accent and mm. uh, I think it works really well. And I think as well, it, it, it lends a lot of credibility to like his authentic, authenticity lends credibility to the the things that he's talking about in terms of like just not not overtly but discussing things like men's mental health and the fact that like here here is a hip-hop artist who is being very very open about being vulnerable and about not always having good days and about having feelings and that's not that's not an everyday thing it's especially not an everyday thing in you know Irish hip hop because Irish hip hop is you know it's young and it's it's getting to know itself and I think that his voice is vital within it you know and the other thing about the whole Kojak thing is that you know what they've actually done um, because Kojak isn't just Kojak really it's Mm -hmm. Keen Kavanagh who sings on uh, Eviction Notice, who apparently has some new music out on Friday, um, and their label, Soft Boy. And they've really created this, um, you know, even the name. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, You yeah. know, it's like Soft Boy, you know, people who like show their feelings. Yeah. And they're actually, they're like, if we're talking about live gigs at all this year, their gig in the Button Factory was one of the best gigs I've seen all year. Oh, did you go? Easily. It yeah. was so cool. It was just like... That was one of the biggest FOMO moments like, I've had. And we haven't even talked about White Noise, the opening track, that mm. it really just like, every time it plays, it just gets me. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot in it. Like, yeah, it was just, just so good. They uh, when they sat down on stools and uh, with a, a glasses of wine and sang Eviction Notice. And I was like, oh, right, these guys are a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I really like that about it. Um, so why not? We may as well. It's We're 37 minutes into our podcast. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, let's let's give you, uh, give our tongues a break yes. and uh, play a bit of uh, Kojak. My heart in my Spill my I love this song. I'm meant to reach from my wallet. I'm meant to reach from my wallet. 
pants through the wash That keeps my cardio steady And I've been doing that gym shit Thought I told you already Must have been in a dream I'm losing track of my thoughts Put my pants back on I put my heart to the wash Put my heart to the Dream deep, heavy sleeper. Brace myself for the dark. Dream light, heavy heart. Dream light, heavy. Dream deep, heavy sleeper. Raise the brass thought, the pack of weighties, similes, and set a light and blast off. The past taught me one or two points of interest about myself. What I like best about myself is I detest my fucking self. Most days I can't find the energy to dress my fucking self Yet somehow in this mess of self-indulgent petty hatred I can still pick up a mic and rock a crowd and make a ape shit Still put pen to pad and draw the times when we were naked With a crumpled pack of 20 Johnny's empty butter waste bin Now you're just a memory of text when I get wasted Keep your number in my mind but man I really should embrace it I really should embrace it my trembling fingers trace the outline of your body on the bed sheets. Try to think of how our voices sounded. That's a bit of a flavor of Kojak um, from his album um, Deadly Daydreams. Two tracks there you heard Eviction Notice with King Kavanaugh singing. And uh, Love and Braggadocia um, from the Deadly Daydreams album. Um, what other Irish albums did you enjoy this year? There was loads, wasn't there? Um, I obviously loved the Villagers album. I loved Saint Sisters album. Yes, Saint Sisters album was great. Um, we Cut Corners had a great record this year as well. Previous guests on the podcast, yeah. Um, oh Emperor, I really enjoyed. Oh um, yeah, their yeah. album, a jazzy psychedelic post weird rock odyssey. I've been listening to that a good bit this week, actually. And that was the album I was referring to when I said it was unburdened by expectation because yeah. they made it in three different sessions, and it was—I don't know if they knew it was going to be their last album, but they made it without thinking too much about it basically and just going for it and i really think it really uh benefits from the fact that they just made exactly what they wanted to make yeah 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 that's that's definitely up there um there was just loads this year this year Um, was great for ireland in terms of music i I really really enjoyed the wyvern lingo album uh the reddick manifesto came back after eight years with the how um and they just again not just retread on on their old sound, just like kind of expanded it yet again. Mm. Um, Paddy Hanna had a really good album, Frankly I Mutate, um, where he's really become, talk about like transformations, an artist who's gone from, um, who would have maybe been a, a divisive singer for a mm. lot of people in Grand Pocket Orchestra. He's now come this, like Scott Walker is something, that, uh, the artist that people keep comparing him to, mm. this like orchestral lush, classic singer-songwriter um, so which uh, you didn't see coming um, Jay Colleran aka Mots, formerly known as Mots, did a really nice ambient album um, called Gardenia um, Reggie Snow um, less successful oh, yeah. than Kojak um, in terms of um, but I don't know really good album though it's good it's, it's uh, I really liked it it does suffer from too many ideas and him his skits being 
like kind of eye rolly. Some of them worked, shout, not all of them. Shout out to France, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, David Kitt had a, had a first uh, album, maybe eight years as well, um, Use, uh, which is his uh, break from New Jackson back to his singer-songwriter days and actually has a couple of, uh, one song from New Jackson um, uh, reinterpreted and arranged for uh, a kind of acoustic singer-songwriter vibe. And a uh, cover of Fever Street, Fever Raised, Keep the Streets Empty for Me. Mm. Um, uh, Lisa O'Neill's record, I was really, really taken by. Um, I forgot about it until now. <laughs> um, yes. Really, really loved that. Um, uh, heard a long gone song is the name of it. And I believe we reviewed it at some stage. We talked about it, yeah, yes. at one point. Um, um, not my favourite album from hers, but because I think it's just, it's a real like unadorned trad album. Um, that's what I love about it. Yeah, see, um, it's probably not what I would go to. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not really a, like a big trad person. Um, I I like and appreciate trad. I just think I spent too many years studying it in college. Um, but oh. this was like a. <laughs> did you I hear did. that? Did you hear that, listener? She studied yeah. trad. In she went to college. <laughs> <laughs> um, the galaxy. Had a good album this year? Yeah, probably not their best album overall, but um, definitely in case of a new energy for the band with May Kay being on board. Yeah, I, re- I, I really like the addition. Of... what I'm really going to like yeah. um, when they all get in a room together and make the music. Yeah. Um, and they've been touring. Yeah, they've been touring extensively. So um, I'm, I'm excited for more, more yeah. from them. Um, there were other albums from um, Spies who released their debut album, Finally, and there's only a few weeks ago, really, but uh, some fantastic songs on that. Yeah. Um, there was an album from a Dundalk band called Just Mustard, who did a kind of shoegazy post-rock I vibe. haven't heard that. One of the bands I've seen at um, Other Voices, mm-hmm. and I have to say, they're even better live. Really? They okay. even better live. It was one of those, like, low bass rumbles in, in a venue that you're like, how are they doing that? Um, <laughs> does that hurt? <laughs> yeah. Is this hurting me? Yeah. Uh, it was really good. It was like a really nice sonic assault. Um, there were some good albums from, also from Dundalk, um, Elephant as well, very different album from his previous work, uh, much more stereoid and electronic and textured. Mm. Um, Laurie Shaw is an artist that we've talked about, I don't know on the podcast before, but um, he's based in Cork. Released four albums this year. Oh yeah, um, and turns out one of them is very good. I haven't actually heard all of the four of them. Uh, year Zero is the one that so I at, at least one of them is very good. Well, yeah, because I can't. I haven't had a chance to listen to yeah. the four albums. He's actually released five if you count a side project. Mm. I think there's something, some mad number of albums he's released, and he's only twenty four, twenty three. Yeah, um, like. Making the rest 70 look albums. Bad, He's basically. released 70 albums in his lifetime. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that counts. Some of them you have to email him for. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> um, there was uh, also a nice album that I heard this year, um, uh, which was a reissue actually, um, called uh, Queer Groove. So, oh, yeah. in terms of reissues, did you have a, a, a favorite reissue? So, Queer Grooves is actually, if you go back and listen to the very first podcast we did around this time last, no, it was, it was January, it must have been January. Um, a really great, like, collection of early, uh, late 70s, early 80s Irish uh, post-punk and groove music. Mm. And it's very cool and kind of almost disco stuff on it as well. Apparently there's a volume two coming, that came out on All City Records. If you're looking for a Christmas present for anyone yeah. and they're into their 
obscure music or strange or do you think they won't have this go to all city and get a copy of queer grooves um, definitely worth having and we interviewed um john Byrne, who does uh who put the compilation together um about uh, back in january or so on the podcast um very good music very cool. interesting and kind of surprising because like oh i didn't know irish people made disco music <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's yeah, good yeah it's really good that's the nice thing about uh, ireland at the moment where we're sort of like our our music uh the the music tastes of the musicians like parents and grandparents and stuff are all like really really coming in to like collaborate with the artists that are actually making music right now so we've got yeah. all of this mad stuff happening which is just deadly um in terms of reissues for me it's got to be the carsey headrest twin fantasy uh sort of reimagining of the album um it's such out. a weird idea but i love it it's i love like, it even it's like we've we've had remastered films or like you know like spe- uh, george lucas ruining star wars by putting things in that he couldn't put in, in the first place yeah but it's kind of that idea of like oh i made my 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 famous album or my my breakthrough album on my whatever four track at home yeah and now i have access to a studio what would it sound like now exactly that's uh, exactly it and it sounds great um so it is a a remastering reimagining like a lot of it re-recorded um version of the original kind of bandcamp album that he had um put out it's one of my favorite albums um ever I think uh was well at, at the time the original one just felt like it was when I discovered it it was I, I think I, I talked about it when I talked about it on the podcast before um Carsey Headrest was one of those artists that when I discovered it it was like he, he was mine and no one else knew about him so I felt really protective um so now kind of hearing this kind of re- reimagined uh sound and just better um was really exciting and I got very very excited about it when it came out and then it came out and it was great and yeah very very good <laughs> yeah it was really interesting release um I wasn't a massive fan but um I really appreciate that he did that yeah and, yeah uh, it was it's what well, it's an interesting thing to do to listen to them back I think to more back. artists should do it especially those kind of early like band camp you know blog. yeah because it was one of those like band camp releases right? for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that just shows that um, he really appreciate must still like his own music. Yeah. And hasn't gone past that. Because I think that's what happens with a lot of artists. They were like, oh, no, that was in the past. I can't go back to that one. Yeah. Must be actually genuinely happy Because he's sort one. of, he's he's grown that sound um, a lot. and But he's he's still very much stuck to what he's good at, which is really good kind of guitar music um, yeah. that has a bit of heart and has a bit of bite. Um and yeah, I just re- I was really, really excited when he released that again this year. So. Well, sticking on that guitar team for a second, um, uh, what was your favorite uh, kind of alternative or rock album this year? Um, oh, you go first. Let me have a think. Um, I would probably say mine is um, Fantastic Furniture, mm. um, a little release that came out by Julia Jacqueline and Friends. I didn't really hear much about it afterwards. But just one of those like really good um, guitar albums made in a basement in Australia in Sydney. Um, I was a big fan too. Really, it liked had it. one of my favorite songs of the year on it mm. um, uh, called "Fucking and Rolling," um, and that sounded a bit like this. 
That's a brief flavor of Fantastic Furniture with fucking and rolling from their album Fantastic Furniture, uh, an album that I really enjoyed this year. Yeah, and, and they're you did as well. really fun on Instagram. I follow them oh, on they? Instagram. Yeah, they're just like just a bunch of gals making music. Having good fun. music videos as well. Like, yeah, do, yeah. like cheap, good music videos. And I think that's just like people having fun. Mm. Really hard thing to do, mm. but it's them um, like hanging around on the street and yeah. making like, oh, that's a good video. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really kind of youthful vibe. Should, should to it should work, um, but it does. Uh, There's there were albums that were very acclaimed this year from uh, a band. Well, actually, maybe it's the band themselves, uh, Idols and Shame. Those two particular bands, um, who I didn't really get, but I've mm. heard live is where it's at with them, and mm. I haven't had a chance to see either of them yet. Um, but it is funny because, you know, uh, there are a few bands that have arrived in terms of uh, Ireland this year, like the Murder Capital and Fontaine's DC, who have been on that similar train and have been definitely put into the same category. Mm. Maybe maybe it's a PR thing, maybe not. Um, but they are bands that are trending and doing quite well and touring with these bands, Idols and Shame, around the world. Um, so an interesting thing to note, I personally, I don't really get the idols thing much in terms of like listening to the album but okay. i think i would enjoy it live mm. i think i feel like that with a lot of that kind of stuff it can be oh yeah it, it'd be and i it looks like i've been talking to people who went to the gig recently in button factory and said it was just so cool and amazing and yeah. like really good buzz i just don't know if it's for me otherwise you know mm. um but that's what, it that's, what albums were you um disappointed by Oh, okay. What um, did you want to be really good and just wasn't? I have three in mind. Okay. Albums that were, I was disappointed by. Uh, the first one is Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer. Oh, hot take. I really love Janelle Monet. Because um, that's that's quite an acclaimed album I know, this year. Yeah. yeah. Really like, it's, it's like the Mitski thing. I'm just like, I don't understand why I don't like this, but I just don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, there's like the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. But it's, I think it's a musical thing. It's like, I just, I love uh, Make You, uh, Make You, Way You Make Me Feel. Um, that song on it, and I love a couple of others on it. But generally speaking, I'm just like not on board with the music. Okay. And the music is the vehicle that 
makes everything go down and I just struggled with it this okay. year. Really, I really liked it. I was a big fan. I think I just, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I really wanted to like this, but it's not, okay. didn't happen. That's fine. At all for me. That's okay. <laughs> There's no judgment. It is okay. On it the okay. 9 or 9 podcast. There's no judgment. Can, yeah. Um, I was also disappointed by the Anderson Pack record a little bit, even though I've, and I think that's mostly because of the blowjob skit on it and because I have such a high opinion of Anderson Pack. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was pretty are, disappointed with the. I think there are good songs album. on it, yeah. and apparently there's another album coming that won't have uh, Doctor Dre's big bear hug all over it. So <laughs> hopefully that'll be the one. And the other album I was really looking forward to that just completely fell by the wayside after I heard it was um, the Blazes debut album. Um, a band who were again talking about music videos had created this amazing multimedia, multifaceted um, project. Um, and played live uh, I'd Like for Picnic and Prima Bear this year, but who just failed on a debut on full length to um, capture the vibe without repeating themselves and making their formula very, very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so very disappointed with the Blaze album. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really wanted it to be one of the best um, this year. So I think that's what most disappointing is, is like the albums that you really wanted to like and then you didn't. Yeah. And you're like, ah, why not? I know. I was like that with Empress of. Um, and I, I wanted to love that record so much. Like when I'm with him is one of my favorite songs of the year. I absolutely like I played that song to death when it was released prior to the album. And then I listened to the album and I was like, I I want to connect with this so much. And I just I can't seem to be able to it's like what you were saying with Mitski. There's just like a like a pane of glass between me and whatever the emotional output of the album yeah. is I just couldn't connect to it and I was really disappointed um, I'd be interested in having you listen to her first album and see what you think I haven't listened to the it. first album so I, I will do that I think it's a better album actually okay. overall um, I think it's better overall I yeah. think but I'd have to go back and listen to it both yeah. um, but I, wa- I wanted to love it so much I was so ready I was so hyped for it after when I'm with him because re- really that is a stunning song um, the Song Exploder episode of that uh, the, that episode of Song Exploder is really really good and made me love the song even more as well um my other big disappointment of the year was the carters what the oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what happened like that was oh that it, it should have even i was disappointed with that record for so many reasons not least that there was just nothing interesting to talk about around it like when beyonce does anything i am there I'm front and center ready to with my like pen and paper ready to write the think piece you know but I I just couldn't I couldn't find anything interesting in it at all and it was one of the most forgettable records of the year and I'm actually surprised I remembered it <laughs> yeah like it wasn't great we, no. actually, we actually did a podcast about it that we didn't record that was one of the that's, lost, how, that's how forgettable that's it was. how bad it was yeah it was like <laughs> on the, the pod, last podcast. Not, not even our recording equipment could actually keep up and was like oh lads i'm just yeah I'm done with yeah this. I don't but i'm pretty it. sure the conversation was just that like what, what there's nothing to say well, I, like, if i remember correctly what we talked about was that um we were just it was just like them flashing their cash mm. and saying how much stuff they have and it was so a lot about material um goods i'm like yeah what yeah like, like, for I don't, I don't mind music that's like braggadocious for the hell of it, or I hate the word braggadocious, but like, yeah, I, yeah, you know I know what you mean. Um, but like, uses like is embodies that because you know, aspirational, whatever, 
insta life, whatever the fuck you want to call it. About it. But um, it is it it is a bit vapid. It's a vapid it album. Is. It doesn't it have is. anything to say, and it, it is kind of them closing off their. Well, we're back together chapter yeah. as in a real like calculated way. I do say I will say I like Ape Shit a lot. Yeah. I still I would go back for that and I'll back for that song. I think it's just one of those songs that Me like. too. It's it's a good song. I made a video in the Louvre, why not? Yeah. Yeah, oh, the yeah, the video's insane. I really like it. But like considering like I've been kind of done with Jay Z for a little while now. Um, well, if anything, this album just uh, makes clear that Beyonce is the really talented one now. Yes, and Jay Z has completely fallen by the way. So absolutely, of, like it's, like she raps better than him on that album. She does, yeah. Like, and and that's another thing. It's like this is like probably the first instance where we actually get to hear her rapping, uh, which I've been so excited for for a really long time. And I don't know to follow up Lemonade with this was so so disappointing um like Le- lemonade i could t- i could talk about that album for the rest of my life and not take a breath um but this was just not not interested uh, another disappointing album christine and the queens didn't get it um yeah i i understand what you mean from that because i was initially disappointed i have um i think it's just the high expectations i had for it but, mm. um i don't think I don't uh, think it's bad. I was just disappointed. Yeah, I'm. I'm just think the entire um, album of like eighty synth pop boogie funk isn't really the look that she doesn't suit her totally. Mm. Um, but there are songs I really love on that. Like "Girlfriend" mm. is my one of my favorite songs of the year easily, mm. and there are other songs on that that I really enjoy for sure. Do you think um, would it would it would I change my mind if I went back and listened to it again? I don't think you would massively. It's mm-hmm. not like, it's not life changing and it's not, mm. it's an interesting, um, sometimes cool album, but I think it suffers from being too similar in terms of its palette a lot of the time. Yeah. It just feels like I feel like, like, like I, I, I can get what I get from that album elsewhere done better. Yeah. Do you know? Well, it's just like the the magic of when her first album, and I think that's the, it's the rare second album this year that uh, I heard that I was like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, but I do enjoy it still. I mm. do go back to it um, and I have been listening to it a lot. I put it on my top 40 list in the end because it was one that I listened to a lot um, and one that I find enjoyment from. So mm-hmm. that's all you can say. That's, uh, Ash, that's all we can hope for, isn't it? What about the flip side in terms of most underappreciated albums this year? Um, so I think for me... Uh, it's going to be very, t- it's like typical, like, oh, these, these white guys with guitars don't get enough, don't get enough, like, um, but I think Father John Misty's album from this year was amazing. She and says with a sticker on her, on her <laughs> laptop of Father John Misty. Like, it's, it's no secret that I'm a massive, massive Father John Misty fan, but his album came out to kind of very little fanfare. Um, Do you think people have got a, got a bit sick of him? That's what I, right. So what I think happened was Pure Comedy came out two years ago and it was, you know, a challenging listen and it divided people. And, but generally the consensus was that it was a really, really good record. I adore that record. And then I think with God's Favourite Customer, it came out to kind of similar conversations. So I think people were going into it already sick of talking about Father John Misty as a character, Father John Misty as, you know, being a 
a, like so somebody who critiques pop culture and who critiques our relationship with social media and with the internet and blah, blah, blah. So I think it suffered from hype initially because people were already sick of talking about those kind of things. But the album itself is really, really, really good. Um, I would enjoy this album more than I enjoyed Pure Comedy. Really? Yeah. Okay. But I do find like some problematic sure. uh, things in there about like, you know, essentially <clears throat> about going to stay in a hotel and then be like, oh, it's okay, honey, I'm fine now. Come and get me. It was like, mm-hmm. mm, okay. Um, there are parts of that where I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm feel comfortable with, but that's okay. You know, that's okay as well. Mm. Cause like, if I've learned anything from our last week's podcast is that you take things on, on their individual terms yeah. and you judge things on, but like, he's always had that, but it just feels like it's a disappointment to, to have in a way like this. He had a, such a beautiful album with I love you honey bear yeah and and then it's just like come crashing down but I don't think that you can do I love you honey bear twice like I think no I don't want him to do that yeah I think that that kind of vulnerability in an artist like him is you know that's he's he's an artist that really does write about what's going on around him whether that's him falling in love or falling out of love or becoming completely disenfranchised and disenchanted with you know being a rock star now and with our relationships with like online culture. And I think he, he, he's an artist that just responds to immediacy, like responds to whatever's going on around him. So that with, with this record, I felt like it was a lot more, there, there were moments on it that were a lot more introverted and inward looking that I don't think I've seen since I love you, honey bear. Um, that I was really surprised and taken by. Um, I, d- I don't think it's his best album by any means. Um, I Love You Honey Bear is still my favourite of his. Um, and I think Pure Comedy is a masterpiece. Um, and this is neither of those two things. But I think that it was wrongfully sort of um, pushed aside by people who were already sick of the Father John Misty conversation as opposed to being sick of Father John Misty's music. I don't think he helped himself by um, in in his demeanor, but I think mm. a lot about uh, some of the blame for that might rest on the fact that he became headlines for a lot of yeah, um, you know, Pitchfork, for example. Oh, he's he's like, so you know, easy to write a, a headline for. You know, he, he became clickbait for a lot. Yeah, of people, um, yeah, which is an interesting thing. To and consider. that's a problem with a lot of artists, not just yeah. um, not just Josh, but it's like. Oh, Josh. It's oh, Josh. Yeah. Oh, no, we are very much on first name terms. Um, <laughs> I spent 16 hours with him this year and apparently the pleasure was all his, according oh, right. to Spotify. Oh, so, yes. um, um, so yeah, right. he, he'd be one of my underrated albums. Another one was an album by a guy called Matt Maltese. Oh, yeah. Matt Maltese. I forgot about him. Um, really, really stunning record. Was that his debut? Because if it, it was, was yeah. that would be my best debut of the year. Um I was really, really taken um, by by that record and reminded of it through conversation, through thinking about Father John Misty because it is really that kind of um, smarmy, sort of character driven um, tone to it. And his voice is so stunning. It's such a confident record. Um, I think it deserved a lot more hype than it got in the end. Um, 
and I'd love to see it live as well. I th- yeah, that was a really, really good record. Yeah, very good. Um, he did play on the Workman's, didn't he? I he did, and I missed point. it. Yeah. Um, I can give you two underappreciated albums, both which feature in my top 40, so, you know, for me, not underappreciated. Uh, the first one is by an artist called Caroline Rose from New York, uh, released her second album called Loner. Earlier this year, uh, it was described as a sprite, sprightly, angsty pop burrito. Um, it's kind burrito. of like a fun um, indie rock surf music, dark edge album of manic and millennial pop music um, that I just really enjoyed and didn't hear much about it. She did an NPR Time Desk concert, I think, before the album came out, um, possibly for her first album, actually, now I think of it. But um it's just one of the an example of an artist who's kind of like embraced something that she wasn't before. She was kind of this uh, more folky rock uh, vibe before. And then she's mm. kind of really embracing these bigger themes and bigger textures. And I think you've, you've seen artists like St. Vincent in terms of American rock and Mitski, for example, take on uh, larger, uh, more ambitious things in, in recent years. Mm. Not saying Caroline Rose is going to do the same thing, but it's an example of uh, a really interesting growth in an artist that uh, I really enjoyed and uh, yeah. I'll give you a quick flavour of one of the songs from her album this is called Genie Becomes a Mom <laughs> That is a flavour of Caroline Rose from her album uh, Loner. Um, the other underappreciated album that I uh, really enjoyed this year, it's kind of more of a personal thing, I think. Uh, it is not my really enjoyed, but uh, they're from Norway. Um, they're called Hubba Bubba Club. Oh, yes. I like saying that name. You do. Um, I think, <laughs> so the context of this is that I think I heard a song four years ago and I play it a lot of DJing and then kept missing the fact that they were releasing vinyl and because their music isn't really on Spotify and I kept like oh crap because I'm from Norway I was like I missed that they released a 7 inch or I missed they released something and then this year they decided to release an album and I was like I just really enjoyed it it's kind of sticking with um, the Norwegian identity of making interesting fun synth pop mm-hmm. and synth disco it's that kind of vibe Um, so this is just a very quick flavour of them this is the song Moped Bart which I didn't put on my end of year list because I think it's been on my end of year list before. Okay. Uh, but it's on the <laughs> album and it's kind of, if you like this, you'll like the album.
That is Hubba Bubba Club, a band from uh, Norway, and their album is called Drummin' Drummin' Drummer. So uh, you can check that out. Say that all together. Drummin' Drummin' Drummer by Hubba Bubba Club. (laughs) Um, On Snorkel Records. Not making this up. Uh, (laughs) This is real real music. (laughs) Um, Very good. I have it on vinyl now. Very happy about it. Excellent. I was actually been thinking about buying that song on vinyl. It was on 7-inch and I look at Discogs every now and again it's like, it's 75 quid. It's 85 quid. Oh, I can't do it. Yeah. So now I have it. There you go. <laughs> but I have it on a 12 inch, so technicality. I still have it though. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, oh you music purists out <laughs> yeah. there. He has it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I can still play. <laughs> um, we wanted to talk a bit about jazz music this year because there's been a lot of really good jazz um, out there in the world. Um, yeah. I'm not a big jazz head myself. But uh, Kamasi Washington is an artist that everyone seems to love. I can't get into it. Really? But I love that song that's on a Street Fighter. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Um, But I just find it a bit extra. It's all a bit extra. (laughs) But jazz is extra, right? Jazz is by its nature. The point of jazz is that there's like way too much of it going on at one time. Well, for me anyway. Um, It's one of those things that you, I would go see live, but I wouldn't really just do it home. Sure. Yeah. And that's completely fair with jazz because it's sort of, it's, it started out as a live experience and I had to be there and hear something that you'll hear and you'll never hear it again sort of thing. Yeah, like one of the only jazz albums I really, really like is like Miles Davis on the corner, you know. I've like, got, I've got jazz albums for you. I'll, I'll wow. make you, I'll that'll, make you a that'll playlist. Be, that'll be next year. Um, Extra content. Yes. <laughs> um, so for me, it was for me and a lot of jazz fans, it was a massive year because we got some new Coltrane, um, which you don't often get to say, uh, not least in 2018. But yeah, both both directions at once. The last album um, was released um, this year, uh, which was a collection of recordings made in 1963 uh, during Coltrane's classic quartet uh, period. So it's it's a it's a live studio recording um of one of those sessions and it's just such an absolute joy a to have you know new coltrane music and b to hear to hear it kind of so raw and so in the moment like one of my favorite things about the album is that you can hear uh at the beginning of some of the recordings like okay take one and then it goes and then you, you're hearing this and you, it, it just has this amazing kind of uh, transporting quality to it where you, you, you really do feel like you're sitting in the corner of the room listening to it. Um, and for, for fans of John Coltrane, it was such a massive thing um, to be able to kind of hear this and to hear the, the, like the ultimate quartet um of uh Jimmy Jimmy Garrison, Elvin Jones, McCoy Tyner and John himself just in such a raw and creative and experimental atmosphere from 1963 to now and it's yeah um 
one of my overall albums of the year for sure. Great. That sounds amazing if you're into it. If you're into that kind of like thing. A, you know, but like a, a, a lost recording that is actually yeah. totally worth your time. For sure. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, we've had so many like Prince releases and stuff this mm. year. Like not that many, but like enough to be like, do we really need these? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whereas this is like if if you're if you're a Coltrane fan, um, it'll take a while, but it's it's likely that you've devoured everything that he's done, every, everything that he's appeared on, every different variation of every song. So to have something that's so different is just is incredibly exciting. And to have it be excellent as well is just, you know, a, a really lovely bonus. So that's my jazz album of the year for sure. Great. If you would have told me at the end of the start of 2018, I would have finished the year by listening to an album from a Spanish flamenco artist, I would have said Codswallop <laughs> or something more suitable. Um, Codswallop. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was something that happened in the last few weeks even, really. Mm. Uh, Rosalia, the flamenco artist, um, released an album called El Malquera. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but hey, I'm not Spanish, so it's cool. Um, and you were really taken by this album. I was. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It's so good. It's my second favorite album of the year. Yeah. Um, it's a mix of flamenco, pop music, R&B. It interpolates with his blessing, I would say. Um, I should say. Uh, Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake in the album. Yeah. There is uh, motorcycle rev engines used as rhythms. There is... High drama, lots high flamenco clapping. drama, lots of hand claps, um, and just really good pop music. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I would urge you to check it out. Here is a very quick listen to one of the songs from her album. This is from Rosalia. <laughs> Rosalia, um, stopped that very quickly, but uh, <laughs> only because I want to talk about it. Um, it was produced by El Guincho, who is a Barcelona producer um, who you may know from his own albums. Uh, had much acclaim in the blog world over the years and uh, just a really great album. It's very different and it feels like a big surprise that I'm listening to this. Yeah. Um, and I love that it exists and I'm uh, waiting for my copy on vinyl to arrive. Excellent. So, Are um, you going to go and try to discover more traditional flamenco music? Now. Uh, no, I don't think okay, so. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but I, there's an intensity to what she does, a drama that what she does. She brings the the flamenco is an old craft, obviously. Yeah. So, but she brings that into a modern context, and I think some of my favorite music does that. Yeah, it always it brings old music into a new context, or it brings different light to um, an old topic um, sure. or an old sound. And some of my favorite music does that. That is Rosalia. The album is called El Malquera. Did you have a surprising album this year? Um, like an album that I didn't expect to yeah. love that much. Mm, I don't know if I did. Like most of my list is kind of like released like second or third or fourth albums from people that I already love. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that took me completely by surprise. I was surprised to enjoy the Arctic Monkeys album as much as I did. 
Ah, we get there. Yes. Yeah, we land <laughs> um, there. Um, we we have landed on the moon. Yeah, because like, I, I adored the Arctic Monkeys. Um, there was obviously, you know, those couple of records in the middle there that most people could do without. Um, but I, I loved their return with AM and this, it, it was one of those things where I, I, I was ready for the hype to be too much. And then the day when it came out, I was just like, no, I love this. I absolutely love this. And I was surprised by that. I was surprised about how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I really, I just thought it was done so well. And if you're not a huge Artie Monkeys fan like I am, you're pro- you might hate it. Yeah. And a lot of people seem to. Yeah. Um, and they seem to have kind of adapted to that in terms of their live gigs mm. and not played as much of this. Or certainly if they have, they've played the big songs sure. as in between. Um, so people don't get bored <laughs> because yeah. it is kind of mid-tempo um, in lots of ways. It's kind of a, like a concept album about a hotel on the moon and, and a guy who, uh, um, I don't know, kind of does a lounge act thing. Yeah. In, and he, in, a, he, in this hotel on the moon, trying I'm to put the base hotel and casino. I think that he's, it, it, it points to a real kind of maturity in the lyricism of the Arctic Monkeys. Like it's not, like I, I've always loved their lyrics, but it's not that kind of, you know, immediate neighborhood topics of their first record. And that is why people have given, uh, had a backlash. I think that's why people didn't like, like oh, it. He's gone too far in terms of like, uh, it is pretentious for sure. Completely. Because he's referencing films that no one can even get. Yeah. Um, you can't find them on the internet. He's yeah. like. Um, but I, but, I I love it. Like I'm a Father John Misty fan. I'm obviously going to eat this <laughs> shit up. Like I I absolutely love it. Um, I think I it's think unfair for, to ask an artist to stay in their lane um, when they no longer live there. And maybe that's a problem with um, getting successful and fame and not living in Sheffield anymore. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't lived in Sheffield for a long, long time. Like I, I I wouldn't like to hear them. I wouldn't like to hear Alex Turner singing about living in Sheffield because it, it, it would be inauthentic and it wouldn't yeah. reflect what his current kind of creative and musical state is. But I do have a question for you about this album. Do you mm. think this is the Alex Turner show? Um, I want to say, right. No, but... I could have done with more foregrounding of the drummer. I miss, I miss what they are. I, I miss that the Arctic Monkeys used to be a band where you're listening to the percussion a lot more than you are now. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think so. I think that he, he, as, as a front man has, has taken on that role really, really well. And along with that comes kind of accusations of it being only about him. But the band are as tight now, like as tight sounding now as they ever have been. And I think it's a beautifully arranged record. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I don't think that's all him. It's, it's, it it points to a band that are 100% behind this new direction and this new sound. Did you enjoy uh, the Beach House album this year? I don't remember if I listened. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I was kind of okay about it. Okay. I think it was all right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people talked it was talked about it as if it was a rejuvenation of their sound and it's a bit different, but I don't feel like it was different enough for me to be. Yeah. I feel like I listened to the singles, but I don't know if I did an in-depth listen to the album. Another album that actually surprised me this year <clears throat> because I wasn't expecting it and I don't think anyone was expecting. Um, it's so experimental and so different and so 
uh, it's almost difficult to listen to, but it's um, it's very suitable for 2018. Mm. Is Lowe's album Double Negative? Um, a really experimental, textured, uh, corrosive, um, almost industrial rock album that uh, is is really dystopian, but also quite hopeful in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting record, and uh, definitely one of the most unique records from a band that have been around a long, long time. Mm. Definitely sounds like something that sits on its own, and you could listen to without knowing the band in any way um double negative below yeah really really good album i feel that precise way about john hopkins release oh yeah uh, from this year as well um that it is a very good entry point into his work while also being a really lovely experimental um and quite um quite really quite beautiful um record yeah I I I was that it it was actually a bit of a surprising one for me um I wouldn't have necessarily sought it out um but I was reviewing it for um another podcast actually I'm sorry um uh, it was it was the neither nine podcast uh (laughs) no it was it was uh it was no encore um and it was Dahi's pick obviously um because Dahi's a massive fan and it was great to actually chat with him about it because I got a lot out of hearing somebody who's very influenced by John Hopkins I got a lot out of kind of hearing about why that is. So that, that was a surprising, crazy amount of production on that album. Yeah. It was a really good resident advisor, I think interview with how his process and Mm. how he makes his music. And it's so insane. I can't even understand it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll never get there. Such a, just just understanding it is hard enough, you know? Um, Yeah. He is one in, uh, a rare gem, um, John Hopkins. He, mm. he goes to places and makes music that most people cannot. It also provided some of my best live experiences this year yes. at Primavera and Body and Soul and uh, in Vicar Street as well, even though he suffered with the, the lights. And, oh, uh, yes, yes. Or the visuals not working, but mm. uh, really, really amazing. Um, it's funny, I've been playing a lot of his old stuff recently mm. just because that's what happens sometimes. Um, open Eye Signal. <laughs> I, I got to play it in in Dingle a lot of voices when I was DJing, and I was like, "Yes, yeah, that's kind of always a treat." If you get to play something like that in a club where it's just like, it's like somebody filling your mouth with with uh with water, and you're just like, you have to hold it for six minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what it's like. It's yeah. just like this massive, like that never releases, and then it just it doesn't really release, but it releases in such a beautiful way. Same with a lot of the music, certainly uh, the less ambient stuff on this album, uh, the bigger stuff, like mm. um, what are the songs um, called that I can't remember now from Singularity, the biggest ones. Oh, I can't um, remember either. I'm yeah. so bad with song names. <laughs> but um, check here. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. So Singularity actually the title track, I think mm. um, Emerald Rush uh, as well. And the album kind of does... Um, go back into a more ambient thing. Uh, another ambient album I enjoyed this year was Leon Vinehall's Everything Is Still. A surprising album for him because he released a lot of dance music before. It's his debut album proper. Um, and it's inspired by uh, his grandparents' trip, uh, emigration from the UK to New York in the 60s, I believe. Mm. Um, and a really beautiful album, a lot of jazz percussion and, and instrumentation on it, which was a surprise for him. Mm. Um, and just a really beautiful album I really like and one of those albums I put on a lot when I needed to 
relax unwind unwind or yeah. chill yeah and uh it is a really nice record for that same with the album from Rival Consoles, Persona, another one of those that I put on in the background or like at quieter moments. Yes. Did you have any other qui- any quiet moment albums this year? Um, I d- no, <laughs> none that I none that were released this year. Okay. I don't think. Um, well, that's it. Like I think I think when I go home a lot of time because I work uh, and in music primarily I listen to a lot of music by day. Yeah. So when I go home at night time, sometimes I listen to very gentle music. Yeah. So the music I've been listening to as well as that has been stuff uh, that I didn't really get to listen to when it came out, uh, like Julia Jacqueline, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, uh, who I confuse a lot. Mm. Julia Jacqueline, who we mentioned, is in uh, Fantastic Furniture, but her solo project, much yeah. more kind of folk-based, um, and Julia and um, Phoebe Bridgers as well, who was also in a really good band with Lucy Dawkins and Julian Baker uh, called Boy Genius, who released a really good EP and one of my favourite songs this year, Me and My Dog. Yeah. Well worth checking out. Um, so a lot of really good uh, folky females out this year as well, or last year, um, and I've been listening to a playlist of a lot of them. For the Do last you week. have a band or artist that you only discovered this year, but have been out, like, doesn't matter, they might have come out in the 80s or the 70s or whenever, but you only discovered and got into them this year? Um, I'd have to think about that one now. Um, nothing comes to mind right now in terms of discoveries. Because I have wise. one. Oh, yes, go on, tell me. <laughs> Sorry. So I want to talk I was, about... I was off in my own world. <laughs> um, I was put on to a band called Cardiacs only this week, and I'm completely obsessed. Um, they're absolutely definitely not for everybody um they're very strange and experimental and whimsical but there is some of the best musicianship in kind of prog that i've ever heard with it within their music um the album that i've been devouring is uh dirty boy i think is the name of the album as well as the song um that we're going to play a little clip of and it's it's just absolutely bonkers. There's so much in it to take apart. And I'd love to, if anybody knows anywhere that I can get my hands on some sheet music of this, I will be in, in forever in your debt. Um, also a band with a bit of a kind of a, a bit of a sad story around them. Um, their lead singer uh, had to stop playing live gigs and um, recording music because he's quite ill. There's like a, fund me sort of thing to pay for some like operations and for some medicine for him and every um every bit of merch or LP that you buy of theirs like goes towards supporting that so that alongside discovering them has just I mean depleted my bank account first of all and just given me a there's a lot to dive into with them and it's so exciting to find um a band that have so much music and are so exciting, do you know? So yeah, uh, this is uh, Dirty Boy by Cardiacs. You might not like it, but here it is.
if you're into a lot of key changes <laughs> in very short amounts of time and songs that go on for like nine minutes and are worth every second, check out more of Cardiacs because they are amazing. Very good. Um, another album I didn't mention, um, which I've really enjoyed and I think they're one of the most unique bands around is Young Fathers mm-hmm. and Coco Sugar. Um, <clears throat> most of the time I don't even know what they're singing about, but they have such a brutal intensity to them and a, a gospel inflected um, way of uh, expressing that music that I can't help but be impressed by live. They are absolutely amazing. I saw them at It Takes a Village in Cork this year, and uh, I distinctly remember like the one of the guys like howling uh, the word repeal before the yeah. the uh, the vote uh, at that gig. Um, and this is the year for it. I mean, <laughs> a lot of pounding drums in that in that album as well, and just like a really unique band who do their own thing and who kind of. Not that they've uh, changed dramatically, but they've definitely um, changed their sound to be a bit softer in some ways um, and maybe lower tempo a little bit, but really, really works. Coco Buller was one of my favorite. Coco Sugar was one of my favorite albums of the year this year, mm-hmm. for sure. Cool. So we're just about finished, I think, in terms of albums. Um, and so I guess we'll finish with, I think we already know what my album of the year, if you've been listening to, uh, the podcast or looking at the website it is uh the black panther various soundtrack various inspired by black mm-hmm. panther album uh exactly produced by kendrick lamar and oh, another album i mentioned and that was i didn't mention that was in my top three was the marabou state album another mm-hmm. one that quietly just like kept returning to my mind and i wanted to listen to a lot and i found a lot of comfort in that album mm. um it's just a really lovely album and uh one that brings in electronic music and organic or, or instrumentation and like influences from all over the world in terms of like Asian strings and all sorts of stuff. That's just really nice. And uh, one of the, you know, when you, when you like something, you like it and that's it. There you go. That's it. Um, My favorite album this year was a late kind of discovery. Well, not discovery, but um, it, when I saw that it came out, I was like, yes, so excited for this. Just going to put a pin in it because I don't have time to listen to it right now because I need to give it the time that it deserves. And then I did. And I've been listening to very little else uh, ever since. And it's And Nothing Hurt by Spiritualized, um, who are, you know, one like Jason Pierce, one of my favorite artists. And it's so great to hear new music from Spiritualized that doesn't, you know, deviate too much from what I love about them. They're kind of, you know, really grand themes and cosmic kind of sounds, uh, but also, you know, so full of heart and joy. And this, this album, if you're a Spiritualized fan, it will just be such a relief to hear to hear such kind of uplifting music after, you know, a a career that has been um, filled with a lot of struggle, uh, we'll say. So yeah, for me, it's, um, it was a, it was a hard one to pick between Mitski and Spiritualized, but this is, I think this album is, um, it, I'm struggling to think of words for how much I love it. Um, Honestly, it's so, it's really powerful and it can be the album that you get into spiritualized through. Um, 
it shouldn't be because that should be ladies and gentlemen we're, we're floating through space that's an absolute classic space, which is you know like it's um, pure phase is a pure phase one of the album? yeah and uh, spaceman 3 was a project that is also worth like it all all of their music is worth your time but this is just um it was a really lovely surprise and it's it's one of those things where when I was listening to it, I just, I sank back into the artist in a way that you only get with, with music that you're so familiar with that it feels like home, but it's also new. Um, and that was really, really exciting. So yeah, uh, album of the year is spiritualized and nothing hurt. And that is probably it from all this week. We I did think. it. It's like, uh, that's long enough. I wonder I how many albums we actually talked about there. Enough. Jesus. Enough. Enough. Um, enough, enough to go yeah, off. Yeah, so you have loads discover. to listen to now, don't you? You haven't heard it before. Um, yeah, I guess uh, we'll be back next week, probably, I think, for our last podcast of the year. Yeah, I think um, so. We'll be fresh out of the um, No Encore quiz. Yeah, we got a 9 or 9 team in the No Encore quiz next week. Yeah. Let me see how that works. Um, Coming for you. We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to do our best, and and there's no pressure, yeah. and that's our that's our word on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, quick time for some plugs. Um, a couple of things coming up um, of note. Uh, if you're hearing this on Thursday, there's a gig tonight in the Bellow Bar. We're doing Future Proof. I have a tribe, Mount Alaska, Fia Moon and Sun Collective, four very nice bands playing and uh, in a really cozy little atmosphere. Lumos on Saturday. That's already like. Uh, happening big time in terms of ticket sales so uh, if you're thinking about coming along to that in Tengu um, it's a fun vibe we've got Sing Along Social Amy from Laboom doing a DJ set and the Lumo DJs of course and then on Saturday December 22nd there's the Nile or Nine Christmas party in the Workman's Club with Bad Bones Tangier Black Jam and Happy Alone four really interesting and very different artists playing in the Workman's Club on the 22nd of December if you want any more information on that there's a page uh, 909.com forward slash events um, where you can get all that information and uh, we've also just launched a Patreon page uh, just this week um, so if you like what you're hearing this week in, or any other week you know, on the podcast or if you enjoy anything to do with Nile or Nine um, do Chuck have a, a look at that bob. yeah um, you know price of a of a of a couple of coffees or a pint you know um, that's all um, bit of bit of bit of support is always appreciated um, so that's patreon.com forward slash Nile or Nine and, and if uh, you've not got any money, just give it a share. <laughs> give it an L share. Give it a little share. And uh, thanks for that. We had lots of good feedback from last week's show as well. So we appreciate that. You can listen back to that on our feed, uh, Problematic Favourites, it's called. Um, and we'll be back next week with more um, new music discussion, I guess. Thank yeah. you, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you both. We don't, <laughs> we don't have any exit music or any closing songs this week because we've talked about music for too yeah, long. Yeah. And, it was and we about, don't have any other things that we've been enjoying or discussing because it's been only albums. Yeah, only albums. Um, but maybe we'll talk about some songs next week. We'll see. Yeah. We haven't decided yet. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, but thank you very much. Uh, I've been 909 and this is Andrea Cleary. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.